You are now listening to Podcasting in Pinstripes, the official New York Yankee podcast of Gotham Sports Network. Welcome back to another episode of Podcasting in Pinstripes, the official New York Yankees podcast on the Gotham Sports Network. As always, you got Sam here with Steve. And Sam, week two of Yankees baseball has not gone well. That was a rough, rough week. The Yankees went two and four. And if you ever looked on the internet, it seems like they may have went 0 and 15 based based on Twitter reactions here, man. Rough start to the week, but we got to do a podcast. You're right about that, Steve. And despite the rough week, I am thrilled to be back here as always. Even more thrilled. I told you before we came on the show. Last week, I had my allergies out of control, as I'm sure you all heard. I can breathe. I can speak coherently. I I can give more than 15 seconds on a thought without having a cough or blow my nose or whatever. I don't know. That was a R- rough start to the year for Sam, just like the Yankees. So I think for, for both sides, it could only go up, right? Steve, I was legitimately going to ask you, who had a worse start to the year? Me on here or, well, okay, I did get one episode in allergy free <laughs> or the Yankees in the last week. But I'm happy I can speak coherently without going to the tissue box every three seconds. Uh, and Steve and I can vent to each other and to you guys about the – very, very rough start to the season, you know, going three and three at home and two and four on this road trip between the Rays and the Blue Jays. Uh, it's the second series they lost of the season to the Blue Jays uh, on the on the young 2021 campaign. Uh, and they get the Rays again this weekend after losing two of three in Tampa. So, Early yeah. tests for the Yankees. You know, we talked about how the ALEs can shape up. Toronto, the Yankees, um, Tampa Bay. Watch out for those Red Sox, man. Nine straight games after that zero and three start. I thought the Red Sox were going to lose a hundred hundred games guaranteed. Now they're the hottest team in baseball. Yeah. So there's no shortage of tests here for the Yankees, and I was a bit higher on the Rays than you coming into this season. If I Recall, I was taking him, not that, not to say that you weren't taking him as a threat, but I mean, I, I kind of just, and I think you kind of bought into it in the end. They just, they just play the race. so hard. They, they put the best, the twenty five that Kevin Cash has at his disposal, it, it is going to wear you out to the very end. And we saw that over the weekend in Tampa. We're going to see it again in the Bronx, the Blue Jays with some very good young hitters, some. Pitchers, I mean, Ryu had the Yankees all off balance. This is going to be a fight for the division, and the Yankees are the stumbling horse coming out. It is. And and look, Sam, it is crazy that even though it's so early in the season, to look at the standings and see the Yankees in sole possession of last place of the AL East. There's no way I would have ever picked that, even in April. So, that I mean, they're one 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 win away from being the worst team in the AL combined. I mean, the Rangers are four and seven, and there's a couple teams, including the Yankees, stuck there at five and seven. It it does seem like kind of a little bit on 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 um, online that it seems like the Yankees are zero and twelve. They do they do have five wins. They picked up uh, two wins, and there are some players do, doing okay. But before we get into the the three up, three down, 
kind of the the big biggest issues for the Yankees heading into it are what we expected. The starting pitching behind Garrett Cole, and we'll definitely get into this more on the three down, is, has been very lackluster. Lots of runs there. I think there we've got um, 25 earned runs between the four starters not named Garrett Cole, who only has three earned runs in his three starts. So, so definitely a, a starting rotation issue there and something that people have been complaining about for a while is the Yankees hitting with runners in scoring position. Uh, right now, they're only batting 231 uh, in scoring position, where in, in 2019, they led the league at, at, at 294. So it's uh, those are the two biggest issues, I think, for the Yanks that I, I'm more... Which one are you more convinced gets turned around quicker? The, the rotation or the... The, the hitting with scoring position. The offense. And it's not even close here, Steve. I think we were all, you know, us two and collectively Yankees fans were very concerned about the starting pitching behind Cole coming into this season. We broke it down in multiple articles, multiple episodes on the podcast. I am not surprised a lick about the issues that they're having in the starting rotation. Am I surprised by the little bit of a bad offensive start? No, or excuse me, yes, but no. It, it's it's hitting in April. We've seen the Yankees come out flat on offense. It seems like a lot of years, at least since I've been a fan. Yeah. I've, I've, I've been a fan of my first season I've remembered following is when I was seven years old in 2004. And it seems like the Yankees have – come out slow with the bats year after year. We've heard these issues all the time. And really this core has struggled as a whole uh, to start the season sometimes, aside from last year's unorthodox campaign. I mean, you remember a few years back, it was Stanton's first year with the team in 2018. I remember that game against the Orioles, Judge going 0 for 5 and hitting into a 1-2-5 double play to close out a three-game uh, three out of four series loss to the Orioles. So the, the hitting early in the season, and we'll get to Judge too, he's been great. The hitting early in the season, it's a bit of a surprise to me, but it's something that I'm very confident can get turnaround. Giancarlo Stanton's not going to be two for his last 19 forever. Uh, Aaron Judge is hitting. Um, you know, there's going to be some stuff that I'm confident can turn around. These are good hitters in the lineup, great hitters in some cases, but the pitching behind Cole it, it is bad, and the pitcher's have legitimate concerns. It's not like they're just slumping. Some yeah, of the hitters no, are just the, slumping. I, I agree there. And I think we'll get more into the, the, the pitchers and when we're talking about the three down of, of this week here. But there is some concern with the hitting because I agree that the slow starts happen and we are way too good of a lineup. We are going to jump up some of these uh, some of these stats uh, as the season goes on. But it is concerning that we lead, we're tied for the league with 15 double plays in only 12 games. You're averaging more than one double play a game. No, thank you. Out on that. And the other concern I have there is uh, their, their slugging percentage. The, the Yankees, you know, even when they had these slow starts, they still, I was going back and check, checking old uh, hashtag NYYHR home run tracker, and we were at like 18 to 25 home runs at this point. We're only at 13 right now. 
you know, heading into uh, heading into Wednesday, the Yankees were slugging 371. That's 23rd in Major League Baseball. That's not the Yankees there. Like that. That's what concerns me most about the hitting is the is kind of the power. Like I think we expected. You know, um, I, I'm not. Look, I think we'll get better running runners in score position, but like surprisingly, we're we're not doing terrible in the strikeout department. You know, we we strike out about 23 percent of the time. That's you know lower third uh, of Major League Baseball. You know, you have teams like Texas and Baltimore around 30 percent of the time, and those are not teams you want to be compared to. But you know, the uh, at the other end, like seems like like the Dodgers, they strike out 20 percent of the time, and we're only at 23. So we're not striking out as often as people perceive that we are. We are grounding into more double plays and, and having less power. So I there is a little concern there too. If it was, you know, typical just strikeouts and home runs, uh, I think it bounces back quicker. I mean I you're I totally agree. The the rotation is the issue, but there there is some some concerns there with, with the lineup. And maybe the biggest issue is the most obvious one. We're we're missing Luke Voigt. You know how we talked about Jay Bruce last week how bad has has Bruce and or Dorg been combined that how much are we missing Luke Voigt? A ton. And I saw the question all over Twitter today. Can Mike Ford be this bad at the alternate site? I mean, Mike Ford's a guy who we've seen provide some, provide some power uh, in the lineup at, at times. He's provide some, I don't want to say stable hitting, but he, he's been competent at times and defensively. I know Voigt's not great defensively, but, I mean, Bruce is looking lost out there at some points. He, He's hurting some of the throws on Glaber. Uh, um, you know, we bashed Glaber last week, but some of those are Bruce's fault that you would expect uh, a, first a first baseman, baseman to, to pick. Make. But he's not a first baseman, so it's also like kind yeah. of like, all right, what do you want him to do? I wonder if it, how much of this is, is banking on, you know, the fact that Cashman did drop that, I mean, small buckets, but it was like 1.8 mil for Bruce on the roster here, and they don't want to give up on him too quick. But, but there is a huge, huge hole in that lineup. And I think it's showing there in the in, in the slugging of it all. Like Luke Voigt takes a lot of pitches. The Yankees are still walking at a, at a decent rate of over 10%. But it, there is a, 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 an ebb and flow of the lineup that kind of gets lost with, with Voigt. And there's there, Boone's finally starting to, to tinker with that. I mean, I'm giving some guys days off here and there. But we're seeing a bunch of variations of the lineup that ideally, you know, the Yankees of old, you know, probably way old here, like they never messed with that lineup. And now they need to tank, tank, tinker with it a little bit here because they're struggling. Yeah, I mean, we've seen some variations of it with the the three holes been a revolving door all season long. And then a couple days ago, we had uh, Stanton and Judge back-to-back. Stanton was two and Judge was three. We have not seen Judge leave that two-hole very many times in the last few seasons. So that was really interesting to me. So they're making moves with the lineup, but Steve, I think what you mentioned earlier, the 15 double plays. Now I've been at my computer quite a bit uh, in the last few weeks doing some work and I'm looking up and I'm, I'm seeing, Oh, scoring chance. And it seems like every single time they're hitting into a double play and it's, it's an innings killer. I mean, how, I wonder what the percentage of innings you score in that you hit into a double play. It's probably not high. It's, and then we even, there is, the, there was even earlier this week where we had the bases loaded. We got a double play. I mean, yeah, we got a run out of it, but like 
that should be three runs. You have bases loaded for the Yankees with this lineup. I don't care what position the order is up in the lineup. You, that's three runs. It's got to be three runs. To get away with one there and, you know, an automatic two outs quickly, and it's tough. And it's becoming big guys. Like we've seen DJ rap into a few of them. Uh, you know, judges hit into a few of them. So it is um, it is, it is, concerning there, too. And then, you just, like you said, it's, it's big moments there, but it's also some blunders. I know Lindsay at The Athletic kind of mentioned that the Yankees are, like, making up new ways to to run out of innings. We had the Gary Sanchez incident, you know, just two games ago. And then over the weekend, Brett Gardner tried, got a little jumpy at third base. You know, those are two kind of huge moments in games where you can't make mistakes on base pads, especially when where anyone in the lineup could hit the ball 400 feet. And then, you know, the double plays and the mistakes on base pads were giving away outs here. And I think, but the good news is those are, I think, fixable mistakes, especially on the base pads. Get rid of those. Maybe that leads to an extra run here and there and some Ws. She had some great tweets, too, over the weekend. One of my favorite follows, Lindsay Adler at The Athletic. She was, one of them was, it's like a game of hot potato. Yeah. Who is it that's going to get the Yankees out of this inning, whether it be a double play or a mistake on the base paths. I mean, and we, just, we were used to it being the other way of you know, kind of pass the baton of who's going to have the massive game, who's going to hit two home runs here. So like those are the the, the trends we want to see for the for the Yankees, but it's going it's going the opposite way um, for, for them for the start. Like I said, seven and five here. Let's see what they can do. But there was some good. There was some good. Each week there are always going to be some good for us to talk about. So the three up this week, we have to start with Araldis Chapman. Ideally, we'd like to see maybe a little bit more of him so we can get some saves, and that means the Yankees get some Ws. But, Sam, he has four innings pitched, which is 12 outs, and he has 11 strikeouts. Araldis Chapman looks unreal right now. He really does, and this splitter is... What is that pitch? We saw a little last year, but that is nasty. It really is, and... I was talking to someone about this over the weekend, about relief pitchers in Major League Baseball, and I think I might have mentioned it on last week's show or the one we did before the season started. It is a a relief pitcher in baseball. We often see them kind of shoot their load across five or six years, and then they totally fizz out. Aroldis Chapman's been a dominant force in the game since he came up with the Reds uh, as an international free agent in 2010. And these secondary pitches that he's adding in a couple years ago's case, the slider in this past year's, uh, you know, 2020, 2021, the splitter has really extended his career because everybody and their brother has a guy in the bullpen who can throw 99, 100, 101. We see those guys, or excuse me, hitters see those guys every single night of the season, it seems like. Everyone's got a couple of flamethrowers, it seems like. So you have to add those secondary pitches, and Chapman has done just that. In four innings, like you said, 11 strikeouts, two hits. Perhaps the biggest number for me is one walk. Yeah, control's been there pretty good. I think this might be the best we've seen Aroldis Chapman as a member of the Yankees in terms of the stuff. I mean, he's hitting, like I said, 98, 99, low hundreds consistently, and he's got not one but two absolutely nasty secondary pitches right now. So if you can go from that speed 
to two above average secondary pitches. Wow, you were in good shape out of the bullpen and it's, four it's games in four games in twelve uh, so far early on this season. Obviously, you want to see the Yankees winning more games, and you would want that record to be seven and five or eight and four. But not too much wear and tear early on here in April has not has pitched in back to back games only one time, but. It is so fun to watch this guy on the mound. He's been one of my favorite Yankees to watch since he came over in 2016. And then they shipped him out. He won a World Series and then came back. It's electric when he takes the mound. And right now, I'm not sure I've ever seen him better than he is. Like you said, 11 of his 12 outs via the strikeout. <laughs> Just it's, some it's, you know, it's video insane. game stuff right there. Yeah, and... Uh... And Chapman's been great for the Yankees. You know, I, you know, everyone's going to remember the, you know, the, the home runs that he's given up in, in the playoffs here. But if we're speaking strictly of the regular season, he has been probably one of the more consistent closers in baseball. You know, the the past five years, you know, five and five plus years with, with the Yankees. It'll be fun to watch this as it's a great start out of the out of the pen with the eleven strikeouts. Um, he hasn't ever broken a hundred strikeouts with the Yankees, which which makes sense because he doesn't really pitch more than 50 innings here. But let's say if he's pitching 50 innings and he's averaging two strikeouts in innings, that's 100 strikeouts right there. And that would be that would be awesome to see. Um, you'd have to go all the way back to uh, 2004, 2015. He pitched uh, 66 innings with the Reds and struck out 116 batters. Uh, you know, 15.7 strikeout per nine ratio, which he's – Kind of been at his entire career with the Yankees. He's at fourteen point two, but a, a silly number of eleven strikeouts uh, in the total of fifteen batters he's faced. But he said the walks are good. Um, there was some talk about maybe using him uh, on Wednesday afternoon um, with when Chad Green gave up the the, the game winning home run. But but Boone said that he was going to be there for a safe situation, and that's what you should do when you're on the road. So I'm perfectly fine with. With going with Green there, Green's been fantastic. Uh, I want to give a quick shout out to Luis Sessa. He's also been really good at the pen. Five games hasn't given up an earned run yet. Uh, he's pitched over six innings. Um, you know the, the Sessa hate's been around for a long time, but he's kind of figured out the past year plus, almost two years. He's kind of figured out his his spot with the Yankees, and he, he comes out pretty confident. So uh, good good shout out for 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 Sessa here for a strong start to the season too. Yeah, and I was saying it was either two years ago or last year about Sessa that he's not going to blow you away out of the bullpen, but he has that really nice breaking pitch down and away to righties that he gets a lot of people to fish on. And that's shown so far this year. Ten strikeouts in six and two-thirds innings, two hits, three walks. He's not, like I said, he's not – the flamethrower that we've been accustomed to seeing with the Yankees and the guys who have the wicked secondary pitches like Britain uh, or someone else, but he gets, he's been getting outs and that, that breaking pitch, like I said, down and away to righties has been his key cog in the last couple of seasons. Uh, He's shown flashes of it. He hasn't shown uh, consistent ability to get guys out, but no runs in six and two-thirds so far you take today. It, take that. Absolutely. A bright spot in yesterday's loss. Two innings, 
uh, two strikeouts, only allowed two base runners. So yeah, and you need that when your starters are only going three plus four innings. So it ties back into the you know the bullpen's gotten a lot of work. So those are those are kind of decent innings for for Sessa. I mean, we need the starters obviously to go deeper, but the, the bullpen's done work. We saw Justin Wilson uh, make his return to the Yankees uh, this week too. So that's another nice uh, pen uh, addition there. And you know we'll we'll keep track on, on Zach Britton. But but overall the the bullpen has been has been good and it's been it's been led by Aroldis Chapman. Let's get some more save opportunities. So hopefully we get the the Yankees offense puts the Yankees out in front. Um, most of the offense for the first half of the, the game on Wednesday came from Aaron Judge. So Aaron Judge gets a, a second second back to back week on the the up the three up list. A um, lot of nervousness and confusion about his injury, uh, and we mentioned that if he goes on the IL, that he's probably going to end up on the down list. Comes back after missing two games and is still playing really well. So he looks to be healthy. And he smoked two, two home runs on Wednesday. Uh, the first inning, Yankees finally scored in the first inning. They were one of three teams to not score in the first inning. They took care of that with a line drive home run. And then an absolute bomb. Uh, there was 426 uh, in, the, in the fourth inning. So Aaron Judd looks healthy and, and has been the easily the best hitter on the Yankees this year. For sure. And he snapped an 0 for 9 on Wednesday, which was pretty big for him, big, yeah. you know, two home runs. He still has that intimidating look at the plate and uh, yeah, four home runs in the team's first 12 games. That's one in every three games. And he only played 10 uh, of them. So we'll take Yeah. It. Yeah. And I, I mean, Steve, we were on here last weekend and it sounded to me like it was a shoe in that he was going on the DL. So <laughs> it, it did. I, I was shocked, especially when he missed, uh, he missed Friday. I think I put a tweet out there. Like, if he's not in the lineup Saturday, then you know, Saturday was was the key game. He had to be in there. He can't miss three in a row, and, and you know, expect to to live in the Yankee universe to to not be on the IL. But he, he came back and he's playing well. I did not not to not to bash Judge here because he had he has uh, provided some some pop at playing well. Um, he did let a ball get by him on Wednesday, and uh, it looked like that was a play that where he normally would have dove and. I'm fine with that. He ended up the Yankees ended up getting the out at home, but um, seemed like a play where uh, Michael K even mentioned it, where he kind of held up and maybe didn't want to risk the injury. I'm completely fine with that. Aaron Judge, do that every game if you need to to make sure you're not getting hurt. Uh, didn't cost the Yankees in the long run there, but um, I'm fine with him making the smarter defensive plays instead of risking the body just so we don't go through some scares like we did this week. I totally agree with you there, Steve. And I, I think you mentioned that last week, too, or, or yeah. the, even before the season started that maybe he, I noticed that a little in spring training, a couple plays where he pulled up and it was it's good to see that's continued and it wasn't just a spring training thing because it looked that looked like a play he would typically dive or slide into and just kind of misread it and it got by him. Uh, showed off. A, I don't know if you saw the play, showed up an absolute cannon to, to third and that eventually led to an out. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Awful base running by Kevin Biggio, which... Uh, <laughs> we'll we'll let, take it, but, but oh, quite yeah, an arm. Abs- absolutely. So, we're talking about, yeah, the positives with Aaron Judge, and if you want to look at the positive in a 5-7 and seven start the first dozen games of the season, after it seemed like Steve, myself, a lot of people thought this was headed for an early season IL stint for Judge... He's played the last five games. There have been no issues, and he hit two home runs in Wednesday's loss. So say that back to yourself again, and things are looking pretty decent on that side of things. 
And he's taking, he's taking some good at bats. He um, he's got he got five walks already, which is fine. Eight strikeouts, but that, that's that's what Aaron Judge does. He strikes out, he hits home runs, and he walks. As long as his home runs and and walks kind of aren't getting blown away by the strikeouts, you know, too early in the season, I think it's only going to come with 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 more power. Um, you know, over three hundred on the year. Not that that's a big difference with only thirty nine at bats, but but Judge is is looking important here because a slow start from Judge mixed in with all of this, you know, it would, it would be problematic for, for the Yankees. Uh, it was Sam, it was a little tough to find uh, a third person for the three up uh, this week here, given the, the two and four uh, record for the Yankees. But I want to give it, give it to Gio Urshela. Didn't do amazing at the plate, but he hit his first home run, a nice dead center shot. But I think for a player um, that I was pretty nervous about, especially when they made the Odor trade here was was there some lingering issues with that offseason elbow injury um which it looked like there was in week one uh, i'm said i'm glad to say that in the week two i had no longer have those concerns for urshela looks more like his old self here got got a couple hits this week including that home run i mentioned so not 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 blowing us away with any stats but he gets on this list for me just for just for being geo and he has one of the few guys has gotten a hit or two with runners in scoring position yeah, rough rough last couple of games in that uh, Toronto series, but still a huge, huge game on Sunday uh, where the Yankees avoided the sweep, the home run, you know, four for five, three RBI, and even got some action at shortstop against the Yes, Blue yes, Jays, that was also what I mentioned, yeah. Which was really, really interesting to me. Yep. And uh, you, you look at his performance against the Rays, and, and you look at this road trip uh, as a whole, the Yankees were able to get two wins out of six. It wasn't great. Not pretty. This is something I wanted to say, but they should be fortunate that, that this was not one and five or even zero oh and six. And no, they, they got lucky with the uh, huge game of Urshela, but that was also a game that went in extra innings that could have went either way. Yeah, and, and the Yankees were able to score four, and then they got all of their runs on Monday – via Kyle Higashioka <laughs> yep. home runs. So, as you and, say, that, that's baseball, Susan. That is. And, and Kyle was going to be on my three-up list, but but I couldn't put him there after he had the, the pass ball that kind of cost the Yankees on Wednesday because we all know if that was Gary Sanchez with a, a ball like that that got through and, and let the tying run score, it would be fucking mayhem. That I was saw definitely a Sweeney Murdy tweet. How many people picked up their phones to tweet something about Gary Sanchez only to realize Kyle Higashioka <laughs> was behind the plate? And that was – I mean, look, I, the wise could throw some hard stuff, and, and it, that one was, was not at all where it was supposed to be. But, you know, Kyle's not there for his power. I like his power, but he's not there for his power. He's there because for, for his defense um, for the Yankees. And Gary was, was TH today. So kind of the move obviously makes sense. But but he, Kyle cost him spot up, a spot on the three-up list. So something for him to strive for uh, next week because he's, he's now done two of Cole, two of three games for Garrett Cole. Um, so I, I, Boone keeps mentioning he's going to try and keep it even. But if it's going to be three in a row for for Higgy, um, I think we might be looking at at, at a trend there for uh, for Gary Sanchez. But that was a three up list. So recap: Chapman, Judge, Geo, plenty of opportunity for all the Yankees to enter this list because um, there is a lot of work to do on this last place team. Um, and for the th- we had trouble with the three up list. The three down list could have been 
eight down if we really needed to, but we don't want to be here all night. Three down, it's got to start with, uh, with Kyle Kluber, Wednesday starter. Um, three starts now officially. I understand he's coming back. He hasn't pitched um, in, in a long time, but not not looking too sharp. He's at just 10 in the third innings, 10, 10 runs. Uh, three of them are unearned, so seven runs total, but but 16 hits and seven walks, giving him a, a 2.23 whip. Um, not the comeback season that Kluber wanted at the start. Not at all. And Steve, I wrote about it. You know, in January, harped on it all off season, and even after his start against the Blue Jays, um, to his first start of the season, this guy looked not even like thirty percent of what he was with the Indians in twenty eighteen. Now, I get that he hasn't pitched in almost two years. Basically, I'm not counting the one start he had last yeah. year, but. In spring training, he didn't look like it when he got the extended work. He hasn't looked it early on this season. He's got six and a third innings, five walks. That is the most alarming trend to me by far. He can still be successful with that. That was was before today. He's got seven walks. Yeah. Oh, my God. I Seven walks in ten and a third innings with sixteen hits, so the walk the walks are are up there. Um, so I completely agree. Like, but I, I want to give him a little hope because um, there are some nasty pitches he's had in there. Um, he does have twelve strikeouts, so he's striking out more than one an inning. But he's he's leaving some fatties over the plate, and they're getting smashed. And he called he called himself out. He was very, you know, um, honest. He goes, "I'm making mistakes, and they're getting hit for home runs." And that's a fact. He got get you know three home runs on the year, um, so not to start there. Uh, I like to say get, he needs at least seven to eight starts uh, to try to fully see what he's got if he's got anything left in the tank. But but not what the Yankees were hoping for when they gave him eleven million guaranteed uh, to start the year. It's only three starts, but it's been a bad three starts. Yeah, and he gave up four runs in or excuse me three runs in four innings today. So he didn't. Kill the Yankees like he did uh, against the Rays over the weekend, where he gave up five runs, three earned, and two and a third. So he lit. I'm not gonna say he totally killed him, but he looked, like I said, not even thirty percent like his former self. Um, which is my concern. The the control just has not been there, and. I agree with you. I need to see seven, eight starts of this guy because uh, the Yankees are not obviously throwing him aside because they gave him $11 million guaranteed. So if you're calling for DFA or release, you, you got to get that through your head. Uh, the Yankees are not cutting the cord before. Uh, th- that will be a June discussion at the very, very earliest uh, should this continue to go south. But – yeah, but it eats away mentioned- at the pen. The pen's been great, and, and him going four innings, you know, you know, three innings at the start before it, it's going to eat at the pen. But um, I agree. It, we'll, we'll see what happens with Corey Kluber. You know, he is a kind of a he was always known as you know the Klub bot. So let's get that machine cranked up and let's figure figure something out here. Uh, Yankees got to figure out what to do on Friday because Domingo Herman does might be making the start, might not be making the start, but he was sent down after his 
second start of the season, which went just about as bad as his first start of the season. Uh, Domingo's already given up four home runs on the year, uh, only seven innings. Uh, you know, somehow a I wish we could talk about Kluber and say he's been the worst starter for the Yankees, but but Herman definitely holds that as our number two on the down list. Um, you know, I want to say we both pointed out pretty clearly. He looked awesome in spring training, but you can't trust spring training ever, good or bad. Um, and Domingo has not not been able to live up to that spring training kind of hype there where people thought he looked better than ever because I, I remember him pitching. He has not looked – he did not look this bad. <laughs> yeah, you're right on about that. And uh, a update on what the Yankees are doing Friday. It's going to be Mike King, Davey Garcia, or a bullpen game. According to Matt Blake, that's from Lindsay Adler. Uh, uh, but because I'm going to guess it's going to be Mike King, and it might be you know by the time this we put this out tomorrow morning, it might be announced. But uh, Garcia did throw a bullpen. It looked like today, so I don't know if the Yankees are going to want to push him. And Mike King, Mike King looked awesome in his uh his big six inning uh, relief performance the other day. So I'm going to guess Mike King there. But it, it sounds like it's not going to be Herman. So like yeah. you said, so it'll be for uh, sure. And Blake reportedly didn't even mentioned Herman as an option. Yeah. He said, yeah, King Garcia, or it's going to be a bullpen game. Um, so Herman's on the shelf for at least one turn, and rightfully so. He had a lot of added pressure coming into this season, obviously with the what he was returning from. Huge domestic violence suspension. We hadn't seen him since August of 2019. And the long ball has bitten him in the ass in the first couple of starts, uh, seven innings, four home Early, runs. Yeah. And some of those, uh, the misses have been really bad. I mean, the first one, the Meadows on, it was Saturday, was, you know, right dick high, uh, and Meadows <laughs> sent it 6,000 miles an hour off the foul pole. Uh, yeah, the misses have been really bad on that he's still uh you know seven strikeouts and uh seven innings so still striking out a guy there, per inning the, but, the stuff is there same as kluber like the stuff is there if it's a good pitch i mean this sounds like the most obvious statement in the history of baseball but um but it is it, the difference is there like I, I could look at garrett cole and um his last start he did have his greatest stuff and he still pitched amazing and obviously garrett cole is the upper echelon of all baseball uh, starting pitchers, but like you know, you could not have your stuff, and you can miss by an inch or two, and maybe get away with it. But but Herman and Kluber, uh, they're missing, and they're getting spanked, and that's that's a huge, huge, huge problem for you know, when, especially when you're you're not doing the same offensively. Um, but yeah, I think you got to skip Herman for a start or two. And look, honestly, if Mike King comes out and gives us five innings, and you don't really want it to be a bullpen day because the bullpen's already been taxed early on. I know you're going to have, um, you know, then then Saturday you have Monty coming up there who had a great first game and a not-so-great second game. Um, so you kind of want to have the bullpen just in case there. Ideally, Cole saves the bullpen on Sunday. But a bullpen day Friday leading into the weekend, um, it's kind of always one of those things where if you have a Friday game, everyone's going to be bitching about like, oh, you wasted the bullpen for the weekend. Like that old man sentiment of you got to have your bullpen ready for the weekend. Um, and I think a bullpen game does that for the Yankees. So hopefully Mike King, um, who is my guest to come out, can give us a, a good good showing. Yeah, and you're playing the Rays who grind you out every single at-bat. We kind of touched on them earlier. Uh, and back to Herman, it's 
It's the misses that have been the problem. And you look, I, I mentioned four, he's given up 12 hits, four of them homers, only one other extra base hit. And the walks haven't been too, too out of control. I mean, two and in seven innings. But he's leaving pitches up and over the middle of the plate. They're getting knocked for base hits. And then he's giving up a home run with guys on base. It's happening very, very often. And it's an alarming trend. And it's just stuff. It's just mistakes you can't meet. You you can have the greatest stuff in the world, and you have one or two innings like that, and it, it ruins your start. It's kind of like me playing golf almost. I, I have, you know, two great shots to start off, you know, a hole, and then I just unravel by, you know, getting close to the green, and it's all for shit, you know? I, I would love to play golf with you one time, Sam, because I, I, I could just see the, the calmness uh, of a good tee shot and then that second shot not even being close and just seeing you snap a club over your knee. <laughs> oh my gosh. So yeah, I started playing last year, not to get too off topic. I couldn't advance the ball consistently for my uh, first right 18 there rounds. <laughs> I couldn't, I couldn't advance the ball consistently for my first 18 rounds, but since the calendar turned, I got some lessons. I'm now in the low 120s. So uh, we at least keep things you, you moving. You play to there. swing, man. The more hacks, the better. Uh, finally, the third person on the three down list is uh, is a disappointing one, uh, to be honest, because we were all excited for Clint Frazier coming into the year, winning the left field job. I'd still say the left field job is his, um, but but a rough week. He only played in three of the games this, the, the, the past week. You know, he, you know, they've gone with Brett Gardner a lot, including a, kind of a surprise for him to see him on, on Wednesday afternoon. But you look at some of the numbers, Clint Frazier is one for his last 18. Not, you know, with eight strikeouts. Not ideal. Not, a, not what you want, as good old Joe Girardi would say. Um, so I, I need Clint to come back and have a good game fully reclaim that left field spot. I still think it is his. Um, I'm not going to take, you know, a couple starts here and there as it that he's kind of platooning now. I'm not saying that at all. But but Clint needs to have uh, have a good game. He played one game in he played uh one or two games in right field when Aaron Judge was out. He's looked fine defensively, uh, but it's been the offense surprisingly that's been the issue to to start the year for Clint. Yeah, and I wonder if it's gotten in his head at all, you know, sitting a few games here and there when they Specifically said, every day left fielder. Now I didn't, I didn't really buy that when they said it because I knew it, it could have been this. But look, I mean, he's got thirty-four plate appearances over twelve games. That, that's uh, pretty so, every day to me, though. That's yeah. The, so it's they, it's not as as you know. It, yeah, look, DJ leads the team with forty-four plate appearances. He's so played he, nine of twelve, Clint. Yeah, so that I'm fine with that, and I understand sitting him with the occasional. Uh, you know, um, writing a tough writing on the mound and getting Brett some or Talkman some time there. So uh, look, it's, I'm not overthinking it. Uh, I'm not worried about him not playing. I'm more worried about him not hitting at, at, the, at the moment. He uh, hasn't had that typical Clint swag to, to start the year. So I kind of need some some legendary uh, bat speed uh, on on Friday with a with a line drive home run from him. Yeah, I would love one of them. You know, the short. Curl of the wrist and, and a bullet over that auxiliary scoreboard. I would give anything to see that. But, yeah, one for 18. Uh, Stanton, I mentioned earlier, two for 19. So they have some guys really, really slumping in the lineup right now. 
And the hitting is something I really think that'll turn around. And if Clint got going while some of the other guys, I think him and those two you mentioned, Clint and Stanton, are huge. Like DJ is DJ. He's consistent as hell. Kind of Geo has been one of the more consistent players the past three years for the Yankees. Uh, so I think those two will be there. Judge we know has the power. If we get Clint and Stanton just doing fifty percent better than they're doing right now, getting some hits and getting some timely hits, this Liz lineup is going to explode. Like if you get those two powerful, um, you know we didn't even mention Aaron Hicks was going to be on. Uh, on the the down list uh, this week, but that the pitchers kind of dominated it. Um, I think you'll start seeing Hicks work the count a little bit more because Hicks, I think, is a guy that if other people are struggling, he kind of gets off his game. Um, you know, to, like to start the game Wednesday from the leadoff spot, someone who takes a lot of pitches, first pitch line drive, but line drive out. Uh, now, you know, I want Hicks taking some pitches if he's in the leadoff spot. So I think it's a kind of a domino effect here, and it's weird to say the domino starts with someone like Clinton who's batting at the bottom of the order here. But if you get the bottom of the order to produce a little bit, I think the top of the order kind of can loosen their bats a little a little, and see some better production. Yeah, and this is the weekend I really want to see the Yankees kind of butt out. Uh, it's, it's a big back, week. Absolutely. Big early week. To, 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 no, you're good. <laughs> you think back to 2018. They started 9-9, nine and nine and – Everyone was freaking out. You know, they lost three or four to the Orioles, two or three to the White Sox. And they, everyone's like, okay, when's it going to happen? They went on to win like 30 of 39 or something yeah. ridiculous like that. So, and that, that was start- 2018, right? 2018. Yeah, 2019, they started six and nine. So it's not uncommon. Like, we're, people are freaking out, but this kind of has been what the Yankees have done the past few years. Yeah. And is it. The best time for that turnaround to start, you got three against the Rays, two against the Braves after an off day on Monday, and then they head out to Cleveland for four, and they're off to a decent start this year. So, T- tough five games. I mean, Atlanta's fun. To, I mean, you watch you watch Acuna play; he might be the most exciting player in baseball. I know Shohei Otani's up there too, but you know Acuna's doing some some ridiculous stuff on the field. He, what he. Beat a beat a ground ball to short the other day. He scored from third on a pop up to second. Uh, so the Yankees will have their hands full for sure with Atlanta. But before Atlanta, we gotta gotta bounce back versus Tampa. Um, got a little feisty with Tampa. Montgomery uh, got a little up and in uh, a few times. Got both teams got a warning. Uh, I think you know there's nothing to worry about with Montgomery with uh, any intention of hitting them. I think the Rays players even said that. But Yankees Rays are the top. Rivalry, even with the Red Sox winning nine in a row, top rivalry in the AL East. Um, you can't lose this series and start the year four and two versus Tampa. Yeah, and we've got Walker and Montgomery on Friday. Uh, the Yankees. It looked like they were going to absolutely tattoo Walker when he came in as the, you know, back end of the yep. opener on. Sunday, they had, yeah, the bases loaded, nobody out, and he ended up right in the ship against them pretty well. That was so, that was a double play one run, I think. That was the the yeah the at bat I was thinking of. Yeah, so well that was a and the Yankees will do the the pushback like you said. So Monty will actually go Saturday versus Glass now. Um, kind of takes away the the what could have been a early Cy Young um, kind of contention game there of Cole versus Glass now because because Glass now looked 
unhittable his last game there. So Yankees got to worry about that on Saturday. So you got to take, you have to take Friday and you have to take Sunday, like minimum. And then you hope you get lucky uh, versus Glass now for a sweep. Blooper to blast or something. Yeah, yeah. I forgot about the pushback right there. So it'll be Monty against Glass now. And then Sunday, uh, It'll be Cole facing uh, Ryan Yarborough, who's 0-2 with an ERA near 6.5. So, yeah, Friday and Sunday. It kind of reminds me, with Glass now, now really coming on as one of the elite pitchers in the game, it was almost like going into those Red Sox series in 2017, 18, and 19 against Sale. It's like, okay. Yeah, you got it down. Yeah, get, get the – two non-sale games or two of the three non-sale games and uh, just not chalk that one up as an L, but Glasnow is a tough, tough pitcher to beat. I mean, he's going 98-99, and then he's dropping that curveball, and it, it just looks... There, there will be guaranteed some Yankee hitters are going to look silly for, 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 excuse me, versus Glasnow. So we gotta got to take advantage of the Friday-Sunday there. Uh, and then Tuesday, it's kind of like a little uh, little throwback. We're going against Charlie Morton. So Yankees have seen plenty of Morton over the years, whether it was in Tampa the past few years and, of course, with the Astros. Uh, so a, a familiar face there for good old uh, Charlie Morton versus the Yankees. And we haven't fared too well versus him. So it'll be a, be a tough matchup. The Luckily, we are home versus the Braves, so we don't have to deal with the stupid pitcher hitting. Um, but we'll uh, we'll get into that when the Yankees do have a road game versus the NL team. But the first uh, first games versus the NL. So a couple days off. I it's a day off today, uh, Thursday, and then the day off Monday for the Yankees there. So no excuses versus Tampa. A day off leading into Tampa and a day off um, after Tampa. So I want absolute full max effort lineups. Uh, no days off for anybody, uh, those three games in Tampa. And we need to come back and make a statement. Yeah. Uh, how, about, how about we get nuts and – Win Friday, get a bloop and a blast and some good bullpen work uh, on Saturday, and then win Sunday and get a freaking sweep. I, I mean, let's let's not just bounce back. Let's bounce back in a big way. But, uh, yeah, like like we said, beating Glass now is going to be tough. You watch him on TV, and he throws that 99, and then he'll throw that, like, 83, 84-mile-an-hour curveball, and it looks like a fastball out of his hands on TV, and then it just goes whoop, right down, and hitters just swing right over the top of it. It's it's a – he's a joy to watch, uh, and I love watching him when it's not against the Yankees, and I hope he just has a bad day on Saturday. That, that, that's all I want. Maybe – yeah, has a bad day. Leave some over the plate. The Yankees get around, and they lay off that breaking pitch. Easier said than done, but I would like for that to happen. Yeah, I think that's that's what the Yankees need to do. All right, Sam, let's wrap this episode up with kind of a live live update here. Uh, Carlos Radon of the Chicago White Sox just threw the second no-hitter of the season already. Uh, would have been a perfect game, but he hit – a batter in the ninth inning off the top of the foot cleats to ruin the perfect game. Still managed to hold on for the second no-hitter, but a brutal, brutal way to end the perfect game. He was cruising versus the Cleveland Indians. Two, uh, you know, two no-hitters pretty early in the year here for, for baseball. Yeah. Uh, I wonder what the over-under was on that uh, before the start of the season. Um 
M- m- maybe like I w- one and a half. I one and a half. I think would, would be simple. I think we usually get like one, uh, but but two this early is a uh, is something else here. I don't, I just looked up the the, the, the no hit the, the hit by pitch. It's even crazier. It's both no hitters. The only difference for not being a perfect game was both were a hit by pitch. That's that's pretty crazy. <laughs> To get a little bit off the non-Yankees here, like you said on the uh, update on the no-header, are you surprised by that this early in a season? And I'm gonna, I'm gonna share my take. I offenses, you know, there's been home run records in 2018 and 2019. Each of the last two seasons played. I think even going back to 2017 as well, the home run balls increase. Were thrown out last season because it was just 60 games for each team. I am not that surprised that I seem, it also seems like in that time, I get a notification that no hitters are, are in the sixth or seventh inning every night. And in yeah. this case, we have two in the first 13 days of the regular season. I'm not surprised by it because while the home runs have gone up, the strikeouts have also gone up. And hitters aren't putting the ball in play as much and making the defense work and everything. So it makes yeah, sense. I, I mean, it makes sense. Pitchers that get going. You know, just like offenses get going, pitchers right now with all the strikeouts have a bigger window of opportunity to get going. Yes, especially with the, you know the, the the three outcomes, you know the home run, strikeout, and the walk, you know being more and more you know the the way of baseball coming here, it, it makes sense that a pitcher gets hot, that teams are going to press and they're going to try and get that home run instead of just trying to get that blue pit to break up a no hitter, um, and in a game like it's an eight nothing, you know this White Sox Indians game eight nothing, you know I, I don't know if I'm an Indian player, um, I'm probably gripping it and, and trying to smack a home run. I I, I don't know if players care that much to break up a no-hitter as they would prefer a home run. But that's, you know, I don't talk to any of the players to know if that's a thing, but I can see that that mentality. But but the, on the flip side too, I am interested. They changed the ball a little bit, they say, uh, this year to kind of limit the home runs here. And, you know, there was some talk over the past few years of them lowering the seams of the ball, making it harder for pitchers to to really get that 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 spin they wanted, but we're seeing spin rates go through the roof. So it's all, there's all kind of give and take for it all, but yeah, if we got two already here and not even halfway through April. What's what's the new over-under we're setting now here, Sam? You think we could get to five no-hitters this year? Or you think we're going to, you know, you know, we already blew the load and we're, we're stuck at two? Because I, I, I don't think there's going to be one more. I think you get either one, you either stay at two or we're getting five. I'm going to go a step down. I think we're going to stay at two or we're getting four. Okay. All right. Well, I, was I got a little ambitious. <laughs> I was well, Garrett Cole's throwing one on, on Sunday, so, yeah. <laughs> There's not much of a difference, though. I mean, I would not be surprised if we get five. Um, I was thinking, yeah, like I said, before you posed that to me, I was thinking we either stay at two or get four. But, yeah, five would not surprise me in the slightest bit, it's especially, yeah, it, it, it's the way of the game. I mean, offenses get going with a long ball, teams hitting four, five, six a game in some cases, and – uh, it also, yeah, like we said, we explained with the home run walk and a strikeout being the way of baseball in 2021, pitchers get going as well. And we've seen that two times in the first 13 days of the regular season. 
Yeah. Yeah. And let's like let's wrap it up here with saying that I if you tell me the Yankees got no hit on Friday, the way that they've played the past few days, uh, I would not be surprised. So I guess, you know, congratulations for the Yankees for not getting no hit so far this year. We'll take that as a plus. But here they are. Last place in the AL East, five and seven. Five big games coming up this week. Um, we already mentioned that we got to at least win two of three from from the Tampa. I'm saying we got to sweep the Braves, kind of make a huge week here. Go um, four and one over these five games, and say that the you know the season is young. The Yankees are here. What what do you what are you looking to see uh, for the upcoming week for the Yankees? I'm looking to see the bats come alive. Uh, they're not facing any world beaters aside from Glass now uh, this weekend against the Rays. I mentioned, you know, Waka, they had a golden opportunity to get to him when he came in behind the opener on Sunday. And then uh, on Sunday, they're facing Ryan Yarbrough, who's got, like I said, near six and a half ERA. The Yankees have touched him up plenty of times in the past. So. Really, the only guy uh, I'm kind of scared of is Glass now. So, yeah, Michael Walker, you know, rough last year with the Mets. Uh, he's – there's no reason the Yankees coming home, you know, playing in front of fans again like they have in the first couple of series this season. There's no reason that they can't get the offense going a little bit this weekend on the non-glass now games so that's what i'm looking for and i'm looking for garrett cole to keep doing his thing and can the yankees get a lightning in a bottle from michael king like you said you know how about a nice five inning two earned performance handed over to the bullpen kind on friday uh if michael king ends up being the guy and then on sunday um or, or no saturday it'll be montgomery if he can bounce back uh, you know, rough last weekend against the Rays. Uh, that's kind of a weird situation for both the offense and the um, and the pitcher facing the same team twice in a row, five or six days apart. So, looking, I think the story of the weekend is going to be can Montgomery bounce back, or, or the three keys to the weekend. Can the Yankees catch lightning in a bottle with Michael King or? Um, if they, I don't think they're going to a bullpen game. I, I think it'll be King, too, based on the nice six-inning performance last weekend. Can they get lightning in a bottle from King? Can Montgomery bounce back? And can the offense hit the below-average uh, non-glass-now starters? And I think if you get two or three of those, two of three of those, the Yankees get two or three games this weekend. Book it. Okay, we need it. And then we'll play the Braves. I'm excited to see Acuna play. Um, it's always good to see some young stars. Uh, so a little uh, Ronald Cunha Jr. And maybe uh, I'm going to see Glaber Torres break out as so they go head-to-head with a little uh, battle of young studs in Major League Baseball. Uh, that's going to wrap it up for this episode of Podcasting in Pinstripes. Hopefully this will be the last podcast ever we have to do of the Yankees being in last place of the AL East. Uh, Until next weekend, Sam and Steve here. As always, thanks for listening, guys. Take care, Steve. Talk to you next week.